Hey, Kids Inc. fans, you have tuned in to the Kids Inc. podcast. I am your host, Susan Yeager, and this is episode eight, part one. In this episode, we dive deeper into our conversation with the great Jerry Shirell. Hasn't he been amazing? Like, his stories are incredible. He's given us so many behind the scenes looks. So, I'm just going to kick it right back to that conversation. Yeah. Well, did you guys know, like Tommy was talking about uh, Rasan's audition and he's like, I don't care if this kid can act, you know, you had live performing experience, but uh, what is it like when you show up and there's four cameras and you got to hit a mark and did they prepare you for that? Or did you guys just wing it or? You know? uh, I, 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 I tell you, they didn't prepare it, Paris for that. And we got it probably on a smaller scale in Utah. We learned mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, of course, Kids Incorporated to me was a complete you know, learning ground. I think the show, mm-hmm. let's put on a show, the play that I did was definitely all about um, performing and relating to a live audience and projecting right. and being on a stage. Uh, Kids Inc. was definitely a lesson in the recording studio, mm-hmm. how to be a recording artist in the studio. Uh, learned everything I needed to know there. Um, and as for being on a stage or, you know, sound stage, I think most of us at that time, I know Stacy and Renee did some commercials I know, um, I know Marta and I had done some extra work on different shows. So we had been on a set, um, but there was no, there was no um, learning your marks. It was just listening to the director and say your line here. And yeah. Jerry, just so you know, this, this camera over here, this is the one that's going to be on you. And Wow. When we would perform, I believe, kind of being told if we wanted to sing to camera, sing to one, which would be the one that was straight ahead in the back of the the palace, the place um, would be straight in the back, but not really play to these side ones too much unless you were told to. Um, So we really just given direction. It wasn't really about a lesson. I remember that because we all weren't seasoned actors. Uh, very quickly, an uh, 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 acting coach was brought in uh, to uh, help us on, on dialogues and the dialogue days. So, uh, so it was just bringing out more of us than the director could. Mm-hmm. Um, and more so having a trust in this acting coach that maybe we didn't have in the director because we kind of had a different director every week. Right, right. Um, so it's not like, so this way we were working with the same acting coach constantly on scripts and he would come in mostly when we would have a table read and he would take notes and talk with us that day and then of course on the day that we would tape he would say oh you know you've really got to milk this I want you to like yeah. pretend that you're just these are fake tears and you're just you know, <laughs> cartoon this up I remember I really had to like the, the, the overacting to me was probably the, me and Moosey and I'm at the counter and uh, the band is going to leave me and I want to drown my sorrows in fudge. Right. Keep the ice cream coming. And I yeah. remember the uh, certain things that this dialogue coach would tell us, acting coach would tell us was, you know, just really overact that. Cheese that up over the top. Because yeah. he got it. He was an adult. We were right, in a live right. tomb. You know, yeah. he understood. You're that. like, All right, is that too much? No, no. <laughs> no, more, more, more. Keep on. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I, you had a better understanding. You had been performing and everything. Um, th- this cast, when you look back now, 
and Martika and Fergie and mm-hmm. Renee and Rasan and you, were you aware of how talented everybody was or were you just like, these are my, these are the people I work with, you know? I was very aware that the five of us were very talented vocalists. Mm-hmm. I knew that. Um, I knew Renee. Uh, Renee was a great actress um, in her dialogue scenes, but also in her recording and in her performing of a song. Mm, okay. Which is something that I didn't learn until later in life. Uh, and um, it was during a time, actually, I, as I've been a publicist forever, it was during a time I worked for Barry Manilow for about four years. And it was my dream job. And I was his publicist. And during that time, he taught the American Idol kids uh, one one season uh, when Jennifer Hudson was on and Fantasia Mm. and it was Manila week. And so I'm sitting there and and he's teaching these kids, don't, who are you singing to? And do not sing with your eyes closed. Who are you singing to? Not singing to me. Find someone and sing to them. Find someone in the camera sing to them. And uh, Renee did that at nine years old. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I knew that from her and it's something that few performers have now who can act a song. And it is definitely, you know, Manilow or, or definitely someone from the theater. Celine Dion does it. You know, she, she acts a song. She's not closing her eyes and singing to herself. She's telling you the story. Right. Renee was doing that when she was younger. Uh, Stacy, I knew she had crazy belting. Yes. <laughs> What is coming out of this tiny girl? Yeah. Uh, and I knew uh, Marta in the studio um, was a recording artist uh, uh, immediately, mm-hmm. immediately. And I think the first time I kind of heard her recording, recording for real would be when we did the pilot. And I was like, wait, this girl kind of sounds like it's like a record ready to go on the radio. Right, right. I felt like she was that way too, obviously during the series. And, and she was a... Um, uh, trained dancer and performer, um, and was always easily, readily on. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, if I wasn't in the mood, or I think some of the other kids weren't in the mood, we'd just sing it out and that's it. If that yeah. camera was on around Marta, it was on and she was giving a thousand yeah. percent, whether it's a concert performance or in a, in a production number. And then, of course, I knew Rasan just from meeting him the first time and hearing him sing, I was like, this is astounding. And I think there was some sort of lick or some sort of couple lines he had in um, uh, Ain't No Stopping Us or There's No Stopping Us, which I think was in the first episode, There's No Stopping Us. And um, I remember I was just like, oh, he did the na-na-na-na, that's what it was. And I was like, oh, this, okay, this guy can really sing. So I knew we were all great vocalists. Right. For sure, for sure. Do you remember, uh, you posted something on your Instagram not too long ago about a public appearance at the warehouse. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I never heard of that. You know, I mean, I've seen pictures from a lot of things, but I never heard of this. Do you, what was it like when you guys went out and, and especially together? Was there like, did you have fun with that? Are you like, oh my gosh, like, you know, what, what do you remember from those live appearances? You know, it, it's interesting. And, and there really weren't a lot of them, I think, in Seasons After Me, maybe I think they performed at Knott's Berry Farm or something mm-hmm. like that out there. Um, I think 
Okay, two, two part. I remember that day. I remember we were driven in by a local fire department on their fire truck. Oh, wow. To, to the warehouse. And I think that it was promoted on a radio station out there. And it was actually um, the warehouse record store was near my home. It was in the valley. It might have been in Encino, maybe. And it's funny because I drive by there the other day and I pointed it out. I, it was, it's like a Petco or something now. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that used to be a warehouse record store. And I signed albums there. Um, <laughs> I uh, I, yeah. And I remember I, there were a lot of people there. I remember signing a long time. And I remember, I remember Rasan and I being like, this is weird. Yeah. This is crazy. Why are these people out here for us? We don't, what's going on here? Yeah. Again, we weren't taught about it. We weren't, it was just kind of like, hey kids, go sign your record. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't any, you know, and, and it was interesting to, of course, be received and see, you know, our 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 fans were our age. Yeah. That's what yeah. it was. So it was just nice to meet some other kids that are our age that are just watching us and, and liking us. Cause again, we lived in a bubble. We didn't know. It's right. not like and this relates back to something I wanted to talk about earlier. You know, I don't think that they, they meaning producers, they knew what they had. Yeah. Yeah. I Somebody, don't... Yeah. One of my very best friends, Tatiana, sent me a Instagram message the other day. Somebody, God forbid, on Instagram referred to Kids Incorporated as a failed series. <laughs> 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 That made Tatiana really mad. (laughs) You've got to go talk to this guy. And I'm like, what is he talking? It ran ran for nine seasons. Like, what do you mean failed? And his reasoning was it didn't launch into concerts. It didn't launch into multiple albums. It didn't launch into promotions and tours. Did you guys ever think about that? Or were you just happy to be on like a series? I think that we were all happy to just be on a series. I think that again, we as young performers living in the bubble didn't know or think any better. Neither did our mothers. Uh, uh, I I say mothers. We all have mothers and fathers on the set. it just wasn't one of those things, but I wish that one of the powers did. And, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not pointing at, at, at Tommy Lynch or Lynch Biller or anyone involved like that, but because especially what I know now and listening to Tommy recently and mm-hmm. just trying to keep the boat afloat and right. keep it on the air, you don't have time to think about a concert tour um, um, another album, um, a a live TV show concert or any of those sort of things. You just didn't, I I imagine, I mean, he was very much a one man show. Right. He's so young when you think back. Oh my God. 28, 29, like what? He was so young and the poor guy too. So most of our mothers were 10 and plus years older than him. Yeah. So forget about the kids that he had to deal with. Yeah, yeah. He had 10 stage mothers and fathers. That's true. Essentially. That's true. Coming to him, talking to him, complaining to him, whatever it is, daily, daily. Yes. And I remember a lot of that. I remember even my mom just being just like, 
she would talk, she would talk, you know, my dad never really came to the set, but she would talk to my dad and he was like, this kid is running a show there. And I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. This kid, is, is, he's out of, is, is he out of college? I don't even know, but there's this kid there. And he's telling me everything's going to be fine and it's okay. And things yeah. are okay. I don't know if I should believe him or not. <laughs> you know, you know, it's interesting what I, in, in looking back and knowing what I know now in being in the business my whole life, as I still have been now and working in this industry, um, I wish that they would have looked at the playbook of the Partridge family and the monkeys before us to do that because right. they certainly, it's not like it hadn't been done. Right. It, 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 it was done 10 and 20 years before us and, and right. it could have, I, it would have been great. It would have been great. Um, and it would have been massive. And I'm sure that it involves a lot of money that just wasn't there. Right. Right. So, so, so it never happened. You know, I, 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 I think at a time uh, after I left, um, maybe two years later, and Tommy may or may not even remember this. I remember it. I, so I hope it wasn't a dream. <laughs> there, I'm going to have to like call him and ask him. Um, there was an idea of a Teens Incorporated. Oh, wow. And I think it, maybe it was like at the time that Marta was leaving and they were thinking, you know, a year before she was leaving and they thought maybe it's her and we bring back Mickey and it's da 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 da, da. Never happened. That would have been awesome. It was probably just all talk. Yeah, yeah. But it never happened. That would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was telling Moosey, the episode he directed, um, I ended up just oddly flying home the day of the rap party, missed it completely, almost made it to everyone after that because, yeah, I just oh I didn't know it was going to happen. But it was even more salt into the wound because you showed up to that one. <laughs> Oh, my wow. friends have pictures that my friends that got to go and they they called and they're like, we met Jerry. And I was like, you guys suck. You know, <laughs> it was bad enough. But was it important for you to go back and, and say hey to people? And I vaguely remember going. Um, and I remember I had no problem in going and I wanted to go. Right, um, right. I wanted to see people. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be seen years yeah. later because I didn't say goodbye to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to go and see, see who was still there. And I vaguely remember it. I remember being on the set, being dark, dancing and stuff. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think like Fergie was there, Stacy was there and, and yeah. Lucy would have been there. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. So was it, were you, you were okay with it though? Like, <laughs> I was okay with it. I was yeah. actually okay my whole life in leaving the show until I was really older and got to understand the business and everything. Yeah. yeah. Then I then I then I looked back a little bit with not regret, but kind of just why don't you shut up or why don't you just right, right. <laughs> why don't you just turn a different corner? Or why don't yeah. you just yeah, you know. Yeah, I've had better. I, I think I could have had better conversations as a child, and yeah, that would have yeah. required me to probably have adult conversations that I wasn't ready for. Right. And the right. conversations being, why do we have to do this show this way? And yeah. if I were told that, probably as an adult, instead of just complaining, 
and saying and and being mad like oh wait a minute we just did an episode with a leprechaun now i'm doing one with a robot and being right. mad about it instead of asking the question why is it like this and being told probably as an adult it is like right. this because where we air what we're doing the kind of lessons we want to teach the kind of stories we want to tell the demo that our research has found that we're hitting is actually age four to 12 or, right. or whatever that might right. be. And we mm -hmm. need to play into that age. I think if I were told that, and I think if I had those conversations, I would have been like, oh, okay. Yeah. What Rick yeah. Springfield song am I singing this week? Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. On. <laughs> Moved on. <laughs> what do I got to do? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, now you just threw me off. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> that, was just, that was so funny. I just got lost. Hold on. Oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll move on to what came after Kids Incorporated. Mm. Uh, you mentioned being the publicist and everything. Yes. You want it? Was it intentional to stay in the business? And just what happened after? Uh, I have been out here my whole life and grew up out here. Um, I was not born here. We moved here when I was like two years old. And um, uh, I, like I said, started singing at eight and, you know, Kids Incorporated, definitely a highlight, uh, the highlight of my career uh, shortly after. So from the time I was about 15 up until I was about 21. And then again, probably when I was 25 until 28, 29, I had probably five or six different record deals. Wow. That wow. came to nothing. Yeah. So by the time I was 30, I was pretty beat up mm -hmm. uh, and just done. I had very, uh, I had a large handful of artist development deals where they'd give you a little money and you go and record some songs. And yes, we like this. Here's some more money. Or yes, we like this. Here's an album. Or yes, we like this. Here's an album. No, we don't like your album. It's going on a shelf. Right. All of these things happened to me. Um, even dur during the time that Marta was recording her first album, I was recording mine. I was at MCA. She was at Columbia. We were actually working with a lot of the same producers and writers at the time. Um, and, you know, so, so, and from that, then that project became shelved and I had a deal with RCA. Then I had a deal with a label at BMG. And then finally, I think when I was about 28 until I was 30, I had a songwriting deal and a development deal to be an artist at uh, Quincy Jones Music Company, Music wow. Publishing. So I was writing songs there and they were developing me as an artist, solo music. And I was doing like a pop rock thing. Like a, I, I, I love Rob Thomas. I you know, kind of want to do match. Oh, I love him. Yes. <laughs> love him. Love, love, love him. So I was kind of doing music kind of like that. Um, and uh, it just it just never happened, it never ignited. And finally, at that point, I think Idol might have started and Idol's age limit was like 24 and younger. And I was like, Jerry, enough. Yeah. Which thing done. Yeah. Moving backward, when I was 2021 20, and wanted to get a real job and get out of my family's house, I worked in a magazine called Radio and Records few days a week, making money like as an assistant editor and still in the music business, they would chart the songs and wow. play based on what radio was playing. And it was kind of like a billboard kind of magazine, but it was mm -hmm. radio and records. Um, I love there's an airplane going by as if I'm out outside, but <laughs> there's a helicopter going outside. Um, thin walls here in, in LA. I don't even hear it. Yeah, I, it was loud. Um, as long as they're not looking for you, it's okay. <laughs> no, not <laughs> yeah. today, not today, not today. Um, uh, uh, so I had the deal at Quincy Music uh, I, that finally just 
never ignited. Idol came along. I stopped doing it. But back when I was 2021, I started working in the industry. My dad worked in the music industry. And um, oddly enough, he was a record executive um, and became a record executive in his 20s and stopped singing. Oh, wow. He was a nightclub singer, also Mm -hmm. by the name of Jerry Shirell. And he ended up also wanting to, he ended up wanting to start a family and get married. And he was like, this nightclub singing isn't going to make that happen. So he moved into the music business and became a music uh, executive in the industry. And um, so I kind of like, it's kind of like a carbon copy Mm -hmm. of just like, I was this singer, struggling singer working here and there. I had done kids sing. And then I was like, well, I'm going to move into the music business end of it. And so that's what I did. And since I've been 21, I've been a publicist and um, I still do it. And, and I've had a great time with it. Like I mentioned, Barry Manilow was like, yeah. For me to work for Barry Manilow, if you ever get a chance to talk to Marta, she will tell you like, that's insane. Cause I was just like, that's all I want. I, Manilow was right, right. my whole, yeah. whole life. Yes. So I worked for him and it was, it was great. And also at the time when he finally learned that I can sing, he said, oh, great. You, can you go sing my sound checks for me? So I don't have to do the sound check. Oh my gosh. Or, go sing the sound check. Cause I want to hear what it sounds like in the auditorium. You're like, you want so, Copa? What do you need? I'm like, I'm not, I know. I'm like, what do you need here? You need even now you need Mandy. Yeah, what do you want? What do you want? Well, that's the thing. I know all the songs. So yeah. I, he was like, it was a dream for me. I have some tape of it and I have some pictures of it too. It was just, that was a dream yeah. job. So I've, I've, I've lucked out and I've had some really great, te- uh, great, um, jobs uh, now on daytime tv uh at a network and and uh, and i just love it it's a great creative outlet for me too um and just don't um i don't sing much anymore um it's not like you stop singing but you know it's around the house and in my car uh sometimes (laughs) maybe at a a friend or family wedding or event i did um when i turned 40 i did a concert uh in l.a uh, where I hired a band, I rehearsed, I got in crazy shape, I went into vocal lessons, and I did a concert one night in a nightclub and talked all about my career. And I talked about uh, Kids Inc., of course, and I sang, um, I sang, I Can Dream About You. Oh, uh, yes. The classic. <laughs> the classic I Can Dream About, because I had to do yes. something from the 80s and touch on Kids Inc. Um, in this like show that I was doing. So I did that for my 40th birthday. And then a couple of years later, I did a show with one of my girlfriends, Randall, who was actually in the Roxy show with Marta and I. And mm-hmm. she said, I want to do a show just like you did, but I can't do it alone. So we have to do a night of duets. So a oh, few years later, wow. we, we did that together. And then I was going to do one for my 50th, which was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I am 51 now. And, uh, I was going to do it for my 50th and it was set uh, to all scheduled. And I started rehearsing with my friend, Michael Orland, who's the, of course known for American Idol. And I had mm. probably about eight of the 14 songs set. And, um, and then the pandemic happened and my birthday didn't happen. So I had mm. to celebrate 50 and 51 in lockdown. Yeah. So we oh. shall see what happens. <laughs> we shall yes. see what happens for 52. I'm hoping that, you know, that, that things get, um, uh, a little eased up and everyone just gets vaxxed and we can go to a show and yes. not have to wear a mask hopefully. And, and, and I could do it. Cause I just, I, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it on my terms. And it's interesting because the show that I had then planned with Michael Orland a year and a half ago has most certainly changed now. Oh, um, wow. I'll, wow. I'll, I'll definitely change it up. 
but I yes. will do that. So it may be, I may be turning 52 or 53 and celebrating my 50th birthday. Which yes, is fine. yes. Just but you have to let us know ahead of time so we can stack the audience. <laughs> I, will, I will. You know, how are you even thinking that you need to stack the audience? <laughs> we'll be sold out. No, no, no. I meant with the fans. Like okay, I okay, meant, good. yes. Okay, like, good, I good, meant, good. Yeah. No, I'll definitely do. I do a lot of uh, promotion and stuff for it before I even put something out there um, and, and took it down on Instagram because I was yeah. like promoting it like six months in advance because I have a lot of friends and family that travel from oh, out of God, town to yeah. come to yeah. it. So I wanted to let them know. And then it's just like, poof. So yeah, it's, it's so <laughs> sad. All the stuff we lost. Because I know I miss yeah. too. For me, you know, I am a crazy concert goer and I really do miss. Um, I miss going to concerts. I miss going to cabaret. I miss going to, to you know, smaller venues and nightclubs to see right. great performers or, or, or even I would used to go to New York twice a year for work. I don't do that anymore to go see oh, shows. Yeah. Um, Cause I'd be obsessed and you go to a nightclub and you'd be able to see Christian Chenoweth or, or, or Sutton Foster play a nice you know, room of 200 people. And yes, just, yes. You know, you know it's, I think we're getting there, but you yeah. know, that's yeah. well, Hey guys, thanks for listening to more of this conversation with the fabulous Jerry Shirell. Believe it or not, there is still more to come. So come find us in episode eight, part two. Hey guys, we would love for you to check us out on social media. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash Kids Inc. Podcast, twitter.com forward slash Kids Inc. Podcast, and instagram.com forward slash Kids Inc. Podcast. Hope to see you there. 